everybody. Happy time change or whatever you want to What is it? I don't know what it is, but anyway. <laughs> that too. Um, welcome, everybody. We are back. Megasheen, your queer podcast from a Black queer perspective. Your geeky podcast. It's all, well, it's all those things as well. I'm Victor. And I'm Nick, a.k.a. Typhoid uh, uh, Raheem. I have been, oh, yeah. yeah, I'm sick. Okay. I'm, I've been lucky. I have it hadn't hit me yet. I don't know because of the way the climate's been and my allergies don't hit. The only thing that I hate about my allergies is um, I'm one of those people that when I get like when it's like when I get like really excited, not really excited, but when I get um, sweaty about to work out i will itch a little bit that's because of my allergies it only happens when it's like cold but when it's like hot not a big deal but mm-hmm. like, uh, but i figured out what it was i'm gonna take an antihistamines it stops it but i didn't know this for years <laughs> I was, and i just looked it up on youtube and it was like that's what it is so i was like yeah. interesting i was like that is interesting i think mine is just a little Little crummy, little rundown, all of that shit. But enough about uh, that. How have you been, Victor? What's been going on? Uh, you know, things have been, you know, pretty good. I'm in the middle of work life. There's a lot of things I, I got to do. Like, I've been doing a lot of stuff. Like, those who don't know, my job is a lot of my job is creating so i've been a lot of doing a lot of creating things and i'm overseeing affinity groups and making sure they are you know getting their voices heard and that's always fun and interesting but i'm also in the middle of a conference that is downtown la so i've been back and forth i have to go back on tuesday but i have good friends that i've been working with it's weird to like see students that i've worked with who are now in the field and like professionals and i'm like I remember when you were 18 and you were like doing everything wrong and now you're a parent. So it's like, it's kind of weird to see that and also to realize that I have been in this thing for over 20 years. Wow. I've been, wow. But anyway, been good. Um, you know, still feeling good after seeing Captain Marvel and, um, you know, getting excited for WonderCon is coming up very soon. Um, trying to prepare for those panels and, that's about it. About to get my feelings hurt um, about uh, Comic Con because we the hotels got approved, and we are again staying in the Marriott, which is right next to the the convention center. But that price, <laughs> so the deal is once you get it, you have to pay the first two nights. Mm-hmm. And um, let okay so the first to say one night right now is 312 so guess who has to pay like basically 650 <laughs> yikes the, i'm like again that's why I'm, i was like well you know goodness i have this job because <laughs> i'm like okay well i was like well damn but luckily i put money aside because i knew this it was coming you know how people save up money for beyonce i save up money for so i had to put you know be ready to go but that's a lot of money still. <laughs> you didn't have to do that tongue pop though. That was very <laughs> unnecessary. <laughs> well, 
<laughs> well, you know, I have to get ready for this. And then um, I was also asked to, um, to bring books because I've been asked to sign books at Comic-Con. And I was like, I don't know about that. I'm not used to this. So I'm like a little nervous and I never thought I would be. I, I don't know. I have an overly healthy ego, but I'm really, I'm not ready for, I'm, I, don't, I realize I'm not ready for that type of stuff. Like, Bitch, you better get ready for it. <laughs> I'm not yeah. ready for it. It was like, are you signing? Will you be signing? I'm like, who? Who's signing? And it was like, bitch, you. I'm like, if I have, we'll see. I said, we'll see. I'll, I'll bring, they said, bring, <laughs> they was like, bring all of them. All that you got left. They said, bring them, bitch. And just sit there and sign it. There will be people already. You see it, um, this person in our booth, for Comic Con, like, there's people already asking, will you be bringing stuff? I was like, oh, well, they ain't told me. So I'm just like, well, okay. Well, now you know. I guess so. So I'm going to be, you know, sitting there, like, you know, like, you know, Janet, and then when they be signing their little books and be like, thank you. And thank you. But I'll, I'll, that's so weird. That's so weird. I won't talk about it. Anyway, how are you doing? Oh, I've been, it's been one of those weeks where everything feels like nothing is going right. Uh, Thank God for therapy. (laughs) Cause Lord, I was going through it this week, but I'm glad that it's the week had ended. I really haven't been doing much. Just trying to maintain. And that's sometimes harder than a, <clears throat> oh, excuse me. Sometimes that's not the easiest of things to do. Yeah. But, you know, I'm here. And I'm ready to go. <laughs> well, that's, that's you know, I, I need a vacation. Well, I was, I, I was seeing, I don't know if you're a therapist, but I know people have been, like, been gobsmacked with the therapist will say something to them and they just been like, how dare you? Someone, someone did that to me. I was um, one of the older professors who's been around and I was saying things that I wanted to do. And it wasn't like a therapy thing at all, but she just kind of said something that kind of knocked me down to the ground. She, it was something about, like I said, I'm trying to, you know, I'm going to do this and all that stuff. She's like, well, she said, well, why are you in your own way? Yep. And I was like, I'm, what do you mean? She was like, you're in your own way. You keep talking about like, don't, you're not ready for this. You don't want to do that. You too old for that. You ain't got much longer. I was like, no, she didn't. Yep. And I was like, why am I in my own way? I mean, I've always been raised to believe this is mean, but I was always <laughs> raised to believe I was better than most. Um, and that was what my grandmother said. She said she always, it was that along the line of that, you have to be better. But she was like, I'm going to skip that and just say, you're better than most. And so with that in my mindset, I've never really pushed myself downward. But I don't know what, I, I guess over, you know, when you're a kid, you can be told anything. But as you go through life, you know, reality always slaps you down. But right. you know, um, this professor, she told me that she's like, you have been in your own way for a while. And what's happening to you right now is proof that you need to get out. Because so I told her about, you know, my... Um, you know, my um, interest uh, with certain company. Um, and then uh, with the book and everything else, she was like, well, then what's stopping you? Because I will say, I'll say I needed to get money to get the second book made. She was like, then why are you not raising the money? 
why are you not embracing it? Why are you not doing this? You want this book? And I was like, why are you coming at me like this? Mm-hmm. So that, so I, I can, I can, I feel, I can, I feel like I, I don't know, part of me wants to go. I think I need to go to therapy because I feel like I need to hear these things more often as I get older now. Because mm-hmm. I feel like things are getting unlocked and I need to go like, let me go and just talk all this stuff out. And you and it's been helping you. Yeah, at times it's it's helpful. At times you feel like I don't need nobody telling me what's wrong with me. You know that type of that. Sometimes the ego gets in the way. Yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to take it out. It's hard. It's hard because sometimes I think we depend on our ego to keep us strong. Yeah. Um, and that's what I've been doing, and that's why I'm I'm trying to learn to unlearn that. Um, to be humble, to be more humble, um, to not accept my light skin privilege that much, because that's been chalked up to that. But yeah, oh goodness, life is not, it is not a box of chocolates at all. It really ain't. It's more like those box of chocolates that you just get at Christmas that nobody really wants. No. (laughs) Yeah. Because it's cheap. And half of it right. Is cheap and horrible. That's true. You said cheap and horrible. Well, I guess we should get started because we do have a lot today. Uh, well, not really a lot in Aunt May's tea, but in, it could be. Just because this was an interesting time. But I guess we can kind of we start with something good. Uh... Is there anything good? Well, you know, let's go ahead and just talk about the Dark Phoenix tra- trailer. Oh, God damn it. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have to? Well, you know, since we, we, we bi weekly, so, you know, we have to touch on it. You know, it came out. We didn't ask for it. When did it come out? It came out in the dead of night. It did. <laughs> When everybody was asleep, they were like, "Okay, is nobody looking? Okay, drop the trailer." Like, yeah, everybody. That that already screams that I am not confident in my work project, so I'm going to go ahead and <laughs> drop it when nobody's looking. Like, who does that? Creep. They were, they were creeping. There's like the, the time everybody's creeping and sneaking out, They're sneaking from the alleyway. They gonna drop this trailer. So they did. I still wasn't impressed. Like I was sitting there, like this is still, this is still part three. This is still X three. It's still knitting a sweater for a dead dog. <laughs> Shit. She's still wearing that overcoat outfit. I still say the Pampy's outfit wasn't. Well, I wasn't a fan of that dress, skirt, pants, jacket, whatever she wore, and that hot topic employee of the month uh, outfit. <laughs> I thought some of y'all would have liked that. Some people love that outfit from X3 that Famke wore. And I was like, I did not. That was like a church lady trying to be bad outfit. But that trench coat mafia meets, I don't know. Uh it was just a mess. It was just such a mess. And apparently she's gonna be wearing something similar because she's in this jacket and her face is cracking because she's not using the right lotion and 
Sydney is, said rock. Uh, <laughs> rock revitalizing cream. <laughs> I know. I'm sitting here like, okay, so I guess Mystique is going to be dead because y'all can't pay Jennifer no more. Well, hell, Mike here because she ain't making the movies like she used to make. She and, didn't even want to be in it. So, mm-hmm. bitch, like, <laughs> why are you even here she's like oh I really even don't want to do this then bitch you don't have to be here you can tell by the makeup they put like six sparkles on her face and then oh. they could have just CGI all of that to be honest with you but so yeah they doing this apparently <laughs> um, this person is helping her accept the phoenix force um, and this person could be is not completely evil or bad. We don't know who she is. Now, there is speculation that she is either. I read a uh, a theory that Jessica Chastain's character is actually the phoenix in physical form. That I've heard that. I heard that she is either G from the <laughs> I was like, that's okay. And then I've also heard that she is Shiar but she is deaf bird. Okay. Lelandra's sister, right? It's like, uh, okay. Mm, All right. But deaf bird wasn't really that big in the Phoenix. That was the can. The can knew what that was all about. I mean, he was, he was crazy anyway, but who knows? They can flip whatever they want to flip. Um, but they're in it. She's in it. This it's gonna, it's gonna, you know, we still got Umbre Storm in there, Drizzle. And that Uma wig that cost $32.99 plus shipping and handling. <laughs> Ugh. I'm just like... My issue... I think the issue is with this Phoenix saga or it's not even a saga. It's just like an episode. <laughs> like, it doesn't... It's not... There's not really anything at stake. There's no gravity of the situation there's no we did a thread on it on um on twitter a few days ago that there's there's nothing that is at stake to make the audience feels like something is serious yeah. you know we don't we're not invested emotionally in this character this whole thing between gene gray and cyclops there's really nothing and we've always said at its core the phoenix saga is a love story and we don't care enough about gene and cyclops's love life to warrant us caring about what happens to either or yeah and so it, it feels like this is robbing the audience of how fantastic this saga was you know, they went into space and they fought these superpowered beings that they didn't, they knew damn well they couldn't fight. Yeah. And it just feels like the, the whole, that's lost and it's, they're treating the Phoenix as if she's some kind of a mental disease, which is weird and wrong on so many levels. Yeah. And the, the Phoenix force was a guardian. Yeah. it's just like I understand certain things can't translate from comics to TV or film however you're 
it feels like they're going about this like they did Jim. It was like you're robbing the story of what the story was yeah. and then calling it something, calling it the original name when it's something completely different. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost as bad as like when you used to go to like, you know, certain stores like Aldi's and they will have like sugar smacks or <laughs> sugar pops or something. This and, and it's not like what you, what, what it really is, you know, it's not Frosted Flakes, it's, it's, it's Frosted Shows or something like that. Right, it's like when you uh, you want to buy I Can't Believe It's Not Butter and then the store bought is uh, Butter Is Not. It's like that. <laughs> it is, and you, you touched on something which I need to stop doing this and I don't, I hate the fact that for two movies they have made this the phoenix an issue of her she can't handle herself she doesn't know you know she this is a mental issue it never really was i mean the original story the original story which people seem to forget is that was not even gene that was a copy of gene um phoenix copied gene and gave said can i live a life of humanity gene said if you save my friends yeah and then she made a deal they put her in a cocoon under the, in the Jamaica Bay, and the phoenix took human form. So that was never Jean in the first place. She just had Jean's personality um, and likeness. But it's always funny that even in the comic, they didn't say that she just couldn't, she was falling apart. She was seduced, and, and those things, the reason why she lost control is because Phoenix was never a human. So when she was feeling these certain emotions that she never had to feel, it was different to her versus us. Right. But when we felt, we feel things like, oh, okay, but lust to her as the Phoenix force was overwhelming versus you, well, well, lust can be overwhelming to us too. But I'm just saying, All right. <laughs> the right person in the right Right. Person, <laughs> you know. So I'm just saying, you know, it's like that, that's what made her what she was because there was emotions and things she, that she, that the Phoenix Force never really ever had. And so that's why we got Dark Phoenix. Um, to always use it as a trope is a tired trope and we just, we can let that go. And it, it looks like that um, Xavier did something. He gave her mental blocks to handle her power when she was a kid. And I'm like, oh, I still don't know why you, you didn't have to do that. You didn't have to do that. D didn't do it in the comic book. You don't have to do it now. So it just looks like they're just doing the most when they don't have to do it. And you're also right that we, there's no investment in these characters. I feel like if they was going to do this, they needed one more movie in the middle before they even went to this, just to give us more of a feel for the characters as well as her dealing with these powers. Um, and then we maybe would have been on the boat for this, but it's going to come out. I saw the poster last night when we went to go see um, Captain Marvel and, and people just looked at it and laughed or we just booed it. Um, they played the, the trailer and they played a trailer uh, before they played Captain Marvel. And it was sad because it was a packed room, you know. Uh, and everybody was laughing or like, whoa. And I'm like, wow. This is, the, this is where we are with the X-Men movies. We went from, like, that was the pentacle of all comic book movies at one point to... Right. And, like, didn't it... it in the comics, the Phoenix Saga spanned, what, three years or so? Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it was a, it was a journey. 
it was a journey because you saw her get the power. It started, I think, in one, 101, I think, 101. Uh, 100 or 101, I cannot remember right off the bat. And then it went all the way, I think, to 134. Don't quote me on that, but it, that was a while in the comic book world. And so, because it was always once a month. And so you will have all those comics, but you also dealt with the fact of her, you know, dealing with these powers and having them increase. I mean, when she had them fought back Nito, she lost. But then when she, you know, as she was progressing and progressing and progressing, um, and in and, and the later show, we're actually going to go through the Phoenix Saga because we, it's a lot in there that people just don't really understand about the story um, that we've never really got unless she actually watched the cartoon. The cartoon teased on it a whole lot better than the movies have. So um, it's just really interesting just to see how a story as big as the Phoenix Saga is just kind of watered down, over sugar. You know, it's just like I, I just don't know. So, it's like when you want Kool Aid, but your mama says she wants to save money, gets Flavor Aid. <laughs> I'm mad. No, the, don't even fix your mouth to say that lie. It is uh, definitely well, something wrong with Flavor Aid. I don't remember there was a difference. Yes, there is a di- there is a major difference. How dare you? How dare you, sir? I, you know, I'm I'm gonna stand on this hill. I don't think there was that much difference, but I you know, but I haven't had Kool Aid since 1989 or something. So, so this is the final episode of Megan Shane, y'all. So. <laughs> Flavor Aid. I don't think you, you well. I used to mix Kool Aids, so. I remember I remember was a fucking chemist <laughs> of mixing that Kool-Aid, finding new flavors and shit. We all, I think everybody did that, and then they gonna have the nerve to release grape and strawberry. Like, bitch, we've been doing this long before y'all, but I remember when I made some Kool-Aid, it was just black, and I Because <laughs> we were, like, putting all the flavors in, it just turned black, and my mom was like, what the hell is this? And I was like, it's all of them. Back when Kool-Aid was 20 cents a bag, Oh, Lord. Yep. Back in the day. All right. Well, you know, Dark Parakeet will be out, and we will probably watch it. And No, we're going to watch it. Uh, well, I'll watch it. We, we got we to review it. We got to talk about it. So, yeah, we got to. I mean, I already do charity work. I don't need another. <laughs> well, we can show up in furs. You know how you do, you know how people do it in charity. They be showing up. I'll, oh, girl, don't get me started on these motherfuckers. Oh. <laughs> All right. Well, oh, some cute news. You know, Idris Alba, you know, the hottest man in the world. He is going to be in Suicide Squad, too. They're still making it. Yeah, so <laughs> apparently he's uh, replacing Will Smith, yeah. which, I mean, I'm not that big of a Will Smith fan anyway. Yeah. So this is now they have my interest. <laughs> I'm interested. <laughs> yeah, I'm you know I'm interested, but it's interesting now that you, these characters are flip flopping back and forth from Marvel DC. They can do that, I guess. Uh, yeah, you know I'm interested in it because you no, know, Idris is a good actor. I'm sure he'll put some gravitas to this. Um, I'm still on the fence about this movie being made. Now, I, I remember I said it on Twitter and people try to come for me. Yeah, I do want a Suicide Squad too. I'm like, well, okay, I guess. But 
I don't know what they're going to do. What are they going to do this time? In what universe? Because DC Universe is just all over the place. It feels like they're about to reboot it anyway. But Yeah, because there wasn't there a... There was a story that the, the DC Cinematic Universe isn't really the top concern for Warner Brothers. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, well, damn. Like, See, this is what happens when you don't have a plan together. You start throwing shit at the walls and everything comes sliding down. Yeah. Now you realize you got to clean the walls and start from scratch. True. It's almost like when you go to the store hungry, grocery shopping. Uh, yeah. You pick up stuff you really like, why the hell I got all this? And we ain't got a lick of, you don't have your whole week planned out. It's just a bunch of junk food and what. And I feel like that's what happened. They put so much faith in just, what, three people to do it. And this is what they got. They, they mm-hmm. don't really have much to show for it. They biggest ones. It's funny how the biggest movies they have are the ones they really didn't have a lot of faith in. Wonder Woman and Aquaman. It, <laughs> and Shazam's coming out in three weeks. And I don't even feel like I have a grasp of that. I, I know the character. I feel like I... Yeah. So... Whatever they do with Suicide Squad, I guess. But if you stop and think about it, the movies that are about to come out from the DC Universe right now are mostly all Batman-ish. Mm-hmm. Birds of Prey. Joker. I guess that Harley Quinn movie. And now Suicide Squad. I mean, it's not Batman, but they do. It's a lot of stuff they've been back and forth with the Batman-verse. Uh, it's like, okay, so it's like, I see the artists kind of in that world. I mean, we have Wonder Woman coming out, like, it feels like forever. <laughs> like, it, I feel like this movie is, and you know, I kind of thought that this would have been the weekend that Warner Brothers would have been like, okay, Captain Marvel's out. Let's, let's tease some people about Wonder Woman. Like, let's just, Wonder Woman 2 is coming out. Let's do, you know, that would have been a, a fun moment to be like, all right, since y'all got y'all little, you know, y'all first woman out there, let's throw out some teasers, you know, let's steal some of this thunder a little bit, but right, nothing really. So, but anyway, Idris is going to be in this role. He's going to be dead shot. Um, I'm interested more as well. Um, he can do, he's good in these type of movies. So, right. So whatever y'all say, Oh, is, uh, is this the end of Idris Elba's career? Like, I'm not going to say where that article came from, but y'all know good and damn well. Not with all of us still around. I mean, no offense. But um, as long as black women and gay men are alive, he'll probably always have a career as long as he don't say anything stupid. Right. And he got that, uh, isn't he still doing Luther? Yeah. Right. He, that man going to be A-OK. Not when he did Luther, uh, the Beast of, what was it, Beast of No Nation or... Whatever that show was that I still haven't watched, he's gonna be just damn fine. He's gonna be in there. We'll still be watching him, talking about him, lusting after him. It's gonna, it's gonna. I mean, as long as he, like I said, he keep he don't say nothing problematic. He gonna have a career. I mean, we ain't worried about that. This is Idris Elba we talking about. I mean, if y'all was talking about, I ain't gonna say it. But if we was talking about somebody else. Yeah, but this is and, and even if he doesn't act a single day in his life, he can uh he still has his DJ career. Yeah, and that can work too. 
He could be a model. He could just pop up and be, oh, I'm going to be in GQ. My whole magazine is about me. And we will be like, okay. And then they'll be posting all the pictures about it and talking about it. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. have you heard anything about like this, the next Suicide Squad movie? I haven't heard shit. I haven't heard either. <laughs> and, you know, maybe they don't know. But maybe they are, you know, keeping things under wraps, I think, because they always had stuff out there before we'll pick it apart. And I think what studios are being are now trying to be smart about is not to say a lot because you know how people will be. They'll pick it apart before the even comes out. I mean, they tried that with Captain Marvel, but that failed. But they tried that with many of these movies. Um, I mean, hell, we already picking apart Dark Phoenix and that movie's going to suffer regardless. I, so it's, it's, I think they're going to be a little smarter about what they're going to do with it, but I'm not sure if they even know what they're going to do with this. Are we picking it apart or are they picking themselves apart? Well, that's a, another thing too. I mean, you know, because like, what was that we found out about Aquaman? They was going to do a spinoff about those monsters. <laughs> oh, the, the, uh, uh, oh God, what was it called? The, the crack or the, the, something the trench wasn't it the trench or something i'm like isn't that what um all of the damn rock movies were i mean well what was the scorpion king is that all that what that was monsters uh i i refuse to watch the i've only watched the mummy and the mummy too i don't go any further (laughs) i know my limits (laughs) i did not i watched part of the the Scorpion King, and I was like, this is... But the fact they had a sequel, um, I don't think The Rock was in the sequel. But it's the fact that I don't think we need a movie about the trench, but hey, you know, they... they, DC is still trying to figure themselves out. Meanwhile, um, their cousins are doing just fine over there across the street, so uh, we'll get into that a little bit later, because we have to talk about Captain Marvel. But Moving on to something that has something to do with Captain Marvel is Alita, the Battle Angel. So this movie came out, what, three weeks ago? Um, Yeah, something like that. And people saw it, but it has dropped, well, 772 theaters have dropped it already, which is a lot. That's a lot. Um, But in the midst of that, Brie Larson who is Captain Marvel, has talked about how she wanted more diversity in critics as well as people who are, um, you know, doing press junkets about the movie and everything else, which is, which is totally right and totally fair. But, you know, the fanboys took it to a different level and said that she was racist. <laughs> it's just funny to me. Because, of course. Because, you know, they always stay hurt. And so there was racist. She was sexist. Um, she didn't care about diversity. And so what they came up with was to uplift the other movie with a female lead. So Lead of the Battle Angel was the movie they was trying to uplift. And they started this thing called um, Alita Challenge, hashtag Alita Challenge, uh, that went along with the hashtag boycott Captain Marvel. Now, if you look up any of those two, you will see that there are um, major right wing uh, people like Jack Pupinopi, whatever his name is, and all that stuff following this, talk, making videos, claiming they're going to go see this movie, and you have some of these um, alt-right women who are nothing but a bunch of white, blonde women talking about how, like, you know, Brie is jealous because she's not beautiful and so support this movie. 
So the Alita Challenge happened. As I said, it was dropped from 772 theaters. <laughs> uh, did not make that much money. In fact, I think it was making a little bit less than Medea, which those movies don't make a lot anyway. I mean, they make a good amount of money, but didn't really keep up with that. Uh, and sadly, that whole thing just fell apart because Captain Marvel made about, what, I think it was... One hundred fifty-three million this week. I, I saw one seventy-three. Well, well, we are already killing it already. So this Alita challenge was basically a failure. But the fact they thought they could uplift another movie over another movie and not and then talk about racism and all this other stuff. But the um, the funny thing was, if you paid attention to who was uplifting this, a lot of this was Trump supporters too. Um, and the funny thing is, the the woman who plays Alita. Um, I think she's a Latina and she talked about how like, you know, turn out, no, we will not have a wall. We're here to stay. So I was like saying, um, do y'all know that the, <laughs> the lead actress is basically, you know, against what your, you know, your king says. So really interesting when looking at all this, but the fact that they had a hashtag that was really trying to pit these two female driven movies against each other was fascinating considering that they were going against a juggernaut. They were going against a Marvel movie. I'm like, come on, y'all. But like the last one before the big one, you know. <laughs> like, come on now, come on, y'all. Y'all don't be that stupid. I know. Please, a movie that, that was already like making history in Fandango and and like pre tickets. So I'm like, okay, but yeah. They had the, the challenge. We, we teased them a little bit. We posted a few things just to see how, you know, how's it going? You know, how's this really working? Someone tried to say that, well, we did succeed because we got more people to see the movie. I'm like, that would, that's like, okay. That wasn't the point. Y'all was trying to make this movie surpass Captain Marvel. And it did not work. So like, and I don't know why you thought it would work, but, oh Lord, I don't, these folks, and the funny thing is when you go to conference, or you go, when you go to the cons, they're never there. Like, I'm always expecting them to, like, do a march <laughs> or something, because the Jesus freaks be out there. They be telling us we're going to hell. They always out there. Um, they never miss a Comic-Con or a gay pride. <laughs> they be out there talking about the sins and the Lord and everything else. Um, like, how your, how your attendance is better than mine? True. I will say the best year when they did it was when um the Damien that TV show of Damien from the Omen was out, and mm -hmm. people who were who were uh, working on the promo team walked over there and just kind of stood around the Jesus folks. It was just so funny. I was like, "Don't do that. You gonna scare these poor these poor folks." But anyway, that challenge failed, and you know, fanboys, I don't know why are y'all holding on to things like this. Why? You're going to lose. People like Brie Larson. She's cool to a lot of people. People like Captain Marvel. People like Marvel. Those things work well together. And so this whole thing just kind of fell apart. And I kind of find it really delicious to watch. Well, yeah, what you say. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see. Um, cute news. Marvel. You know, 
is it really cute? Marvel has said that they are going to look for a gay lead in their next movie. That is something that is very possible about. The funny thing is they've been saying it for a while and we've called them out on it before. Yes. And well, they are really saying they're going to do this. Um, the top executive, uh, I think her name is Victoria. Victoria, um, I can get her name together. But anyway, she said that it's time. Um, Victoria Alonzo, and she said it is time um, that to get this out there. The world is ready. That's what she says. Um, and she is saying for the next Eternals. The Eternals are... Mm, how do I describe them? They are somewhat, they're bigger than the Inhumans, I think, but they're kind of like in Asgardia. They're special godlike beings as well, and they're bringing in them in the next, in the next phase. Um, they're looking for a gay lead, um, which will be, you know, the first gay lead in these, in these movies. And so they're really excited about this. Um, I'm not really sure how it's going to go down. I mean, they keep saying this. They've said it before. And I'm just like, when is this going to happen? When are we actually going to see it? Don't just talk it up because it's cool to talk it up, you know, just to get people riled up. Are you really going to deliver it? Are you really going to do it? Um, it's just something that we would really like to see. Um, I think it's, I mean, the fact that the, the time that we really, really saw it, or saw like a real gay character is basically in Deadpool 2 when we had um, Teenage Warhead. I mean, Nanasonic Teenage Warhead. Yeah. Um, so I would like to see um, more of that. And, and if you didn't know, the actress who plays her is gay, Brianna Hildebrand. So she is an openly gay person. So technically Marvel has that going for them the next step is to put this, you know, to really make this really happen. So apparently um, this character will be in externals, um, which will be interesting to see, or they could go ahead and just put that person in the X-Men. That's possible as well. But according to um, the production chief, Victoria Alonzo, um, they are coming because it is time. And um, she did not completely confirm, but she said, we're going to cast the best eternal cast. And we promise, um, and when we're ready to announce it, we promise to tell you. That's what she said when she was asked that question. So I don't know. What do you think? Are we going to actually get one? I'll see that bullshit when it happens. Because <laughs> they're always saying, oh, we're so ready for it. Oh, you know, we're super excited to do this. And then it doesn't happen. Yeah. Or when it happens, it's just such a a farce and stereotypical that we're like, you could have kept this shit. Yeah. So yeah, they claim it's coming, so we'll see if it's going to happen or not. Well, um, Jesus is supposed to come too, so. so uh, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see at Marvel, and you know, if I if we ever get. A chance to be in the press room. That'd be a question we'll ask. We'll ask it nicely. We'll be like, hey, as gay people, we'd like to know. When will we show up? Speaking of gay people, um, well. Yeah, let's just make this one real quick. Yeah. <laughs> so in this ongoing story, 
of Justice Smollett. He was indicted, um, 16 counts felony um, by the, the grand jury. And, you know, he's he still denies it. Um, we're still at this point. I, I think he goes into uh, he goes into court for all of this this week. Uh, I think on by the 14th. And there you go. Um, it's really interesting because now it's the the experts are saying that they probably will have a plea deal. And he'll probably you know avoid jail time, but. I just don't know what to think anymore. It's at, it's at the point where it's like, damn. Well, it's the Chicago police. They have, their history is just raggedy. And, but yet they need to finish this case. They was told they need to finish this case. They finished this case. And then it, it's just so messy. It's so messy. So I don't know what to really think. 16 counts. It's just so excessive. It just seems like the Chicago police was so adamant as getting it this public viewing of what was going on in the case so much mm-hmm. that now, like you didn't you didn't see that when y'all was killing other when y'all was killing unarmed black people, you didn't see that kind of visibility. So now, I don't believe them. And I have yet to see any kind of concrete evidence to say that Jesse was in the wrongdoing. Yeah. And what so yeah, I, I, I just I just don't believe him. Yeah. I don't believe that somebody is not telling the truth. Yes. And it feels like it almost feels like how, you know, Cohen and Trump almost. You know what I mean? It's almost like Cohen is calling Trump a liar. Trump is calling Cohen a liar, but it was like, something's not right between both of you. It's like that type of stuff. And it's like, well, something, I don't know what to think anymore because the credibility of the, of the Chicago police is so broken and mm-hmm. raggedy. It's like, it's hard to, even if y'all are telling the truth, it's hard for us to believe it because of these leaks. And yes, they are being internally investigated, but y'all, that's an internal investigation. That's basically... Like your mama said, we'll look into it after you got in trouble, you know, at school or something like that. So, like, I when they said we're doing an internal investigation, I'm like, well, that ain't really going. I was like, okay, because they wanted to do a internal investigation about these leaks, and I'm like, well, is that really going to solve anything? So, we still don't have all the answers. Um, hopefully, he will avoid jail time, and hopefully, he will some. There's some help coming somewhere. That's all we can do. Yeah, exactly. That's all we can do. <laughs> all right. So we're going to take a short break, and then we're going to get into this review of Captain Marvel. All right. So we're back. And... We're going to talk about Captain Marvel. Let's get into it. Yes. So I was excited. Um, so I tried to go to Walmart to get the, you know, they had t-shirts in Walmart mm-hmm. for $8. And those hoes were out. They only had like 3X or 4X. 
<laughs> the woman tried to convince me to buy a three X. I'm like, ma'am, I don't need a dress. Right. I don't need a shirt dress, ma'am. I put it on over my sweat jacket and it covered my, it was still on my knees. I'm like, I can't go in and looking like this. So I end up wearing just the colors. Um, but anyway, we saw the movie. Um, okay. First impressions. First impressions. I actually, I really liked it. I really liked it. It is, yes, it is a Marvel um, origin movie, but it was still a good origin movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, it kept me, I wasn't like lagging off. I was really feeling it. I love the fact we were making jokes, me and my friend Peter, because we live in the Valley. So there's that scene where um, when Colson was on the phone saying, hey, I need to come and get you because I'm still here. He was, that place is literally two miles from where I live. So I was like, oh my God. And we were like, that's like over there. Um, uh-huh. I need to see stuff like that. But I like the fact they, they gave you plenty of 90s flair. It was just great. I really enjoyed it. What did you think? I also enjoyed it. I thought it was a solid introduction to a new character. Mm-hmm. I thought that um, it was somebody completely different. Somebody new. Yeah. Somebody that's actually likable. Because yeah. sometimes Iron Man, well, a lot of times, Iron Man is not likable and to the point where he's like fucking annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was a woman. So I'm like, okay, already. I'm like, okay, good. Something different. I like the 90s references. I like the blockbuster, the Sears that was in the background, the Radio Shack, uh, the Beeper. The the soundtrack the uh, the when they were playing you gotta be from waterfalls to I'm just a girl to yeah I loved everything about it um, and I'm interested to see what they do with her character with Endgame coming up and with her I know she's gonna have multiple multiple movies yeah and it was. What really was getting me was I liked that it, it was dealing with her, you know, past and her present. But I really, really loved the relationship between her and Maria um, because it was that friendship that kind of brought her back. Um, and when they was having those moments where she was like, I remember when, you know, Maria was talking to her about everything. And I was like, wow. But also I love when Monica, which <laughs> That, that was just wonderful. It was like showing her the pictures of them. And I couldn't help but to think of them as a couple. Because it made me think about like, you know, could Maria and, um, you know, and Carol be a couple? And it felt like they felt like a couple. Yes, they did. They were giving me those vibes, like hardcore. I was like, okay, so am I the only one who seems that they are just a couple and they just... Uh, had Monica, and they were just living their gay-ass lives. In Louisiana, in that big house. That's what I was sort of like. It just felt so, it felt so perfect. It felt like, you know, they were close, they were tight, they were raising this daughter. Um, and I love the fact that they made Maria, they gave her more agency than I thought they were going to do. Yes. And I just love that about her. I love, but I was scared because I thought she was going to die. Yeah, I thought she was going to uh, bite the dust myself. I was like, 
So how they gonna uh, get uh, Marie up out of here? Yeah, but I was like thinking, no, they won't kill her because I thought they were gonna kill that one scroll. I was like, well, if they kill that scroll, they're not gonna kill Maria. But they didn't kill mm-hmm. her. But I was sitting there like, oh Lord, like, please don't kill her because because when that part when it was like her grandparents came, I was like, oh God, that means right. Back. I'm like, oh, because technically, <laughs> yeah, because in the comic, you see her interact more of her grandparents, and that's why I was thinking, oh no, but. Mm-hmm. I do love the fact of that. I love that Carol didn't really have, the, the, well, but to me, Maria, but didn't have a love interest. And that was not the focus of the story. Right. I like the overall, um, the overall message that I got from the, the movie was that as a woman, people will try to feed you all kinds of lies saying that, oh, you're not good enough, you're not tough enough, you're not this, you're not that, or they'll try to feed you this story as to protect you from your yourself or I'm doing this for, for your own good type bullshit, you know, like so many women do in their, their everyday lives. So I felt that that was the, the strongest of the message that I got from the movie. Yeah. Like when she told him, I don't need to prove anything to you. I was like, right. Yeah, she just told you. Um, it was fascinating to like, it was nice how they mixed in all the worlds and it didn't feel too crazy. You know what I mean? It was like, here we were in Hala, here we were off in this other part of the planet and then on Earth. And then it was kind of neat to see how, uh, you know, Fury and Carlson like really was a part of it. Even how cute Carson was, that little flipping his little hair. But he he was a little cutie, wasn't he? He was a little cutie. Wow. <laughs> He's still cute now. But it's it's just kind of funny how that works. But it made me really think about where I'm I, my my one other thing was I was a little confused about Shield because I felt like Shield was a little bit more powerful. Because remember he kept saying like we never really know anything about this. And Fury is a spy, so he's not gonna always reveal stuff. But if you look at like um, agent, agent like Sharon Carter, like stuff like that that was happening. They were dealing with all types of weirdness before this this particular issue. So it was very interesting this particular movie. So it was interesting that uh, that he just felt like, oh, we never had that with aliens. I'm like, I thought y'all kind of knew that there was stuff. I don't right. think this is Shield, but maybe it was like a certain level of Shield knows things. And I was like, well, maybe that's the case because he wasn't really at that level yet. Right, he was just like a entry level. Yeah, you know, or like a manager, like kind of like a, I'm a manager of a, a nurse to corporation and all that stuff. But yeah, because I was thinking like you don't know, but then I was thinking because I know um, Sharon Carter knows. Well, not Sharon Carter. Um, what's her name? New. Um, but then again, she's been in this since the '40s, and she was. And if y'all don't know who she was, she was the uh, Peggy. I'm sorry, I keep saying Sharon. Peggy. Peggy. And Peggy was around when Captain Marvel, Captain America, wow, was made. So she knows everything because she's one of the founding members. Um, but it's just really interesting how the '90s they they felt like it, it felt like that the Shield was like still in its infancy, and it's not. But it felt like that a little bit. Right. Yeah. I I liked how going back to what you said earlier, how it didn't seem like the worlds were so 
polar opposites of each other. Like when they actually came to Earth, it didn't seem like it was such a drastic change. Yeah. It was like, oh, this is this uh, sector. And I was like, oh, it just happens to be Earth. You know, I like I like the fluidity in that uh, in that regard. I also appreciate her when she was like communicating how she just took all these wires and hooked it up to this and then with a Playboy and everything else to communicate. And I was like, that's, that's, I was like, that's kind of cool that she did all that. Um, mm-hmm. I like the banter between her and, and, and Fury, you know, especially when she shot like through the door. He was like, we've been, you had me playing with some tape. <laughs> we could have had this. All right. I did like Brie Larson and Samuel Jackson. They really had a good chemistry yeah. like throughout the whole movie. I didn't feel like it dropped any or had any lulls. It was very, it was enjoyable. It was very enjoyable to watch. Yeah. And it reminded me of, you know, of his, of his acting ability. Like uh, people just know him, you know, as just being certain characters, but you know, he's been in the game for over what 50 years and so i feel like he would know he would know how to do this really well and and just their chemistry was perfect it was just really great to watch um and it made me also realize why he's a a very important figure in not only shield but in the marvel universe Mm -hmm. um and i like the fact that as we went along with the movie we learned like where the name avengers really came from and we realize how like i love the fact that because of his interaction with her that's where the uh, the avengers initiative started and looking for other people like that they did it cleaner than you remember in uh batman versus superman there's like we gotta go find others like us um yeah it was like yeah you had to do that now but Basically, you were taking Luther's files to do it, but this was a little bit different. It's like, okay, we we have a new plan in Shield. Like we already doing these other things, but now we need to kind of figure out who these superhero people are. And then when you look at the rest of the movies, it's like, okay, now it makes sense. Um, someone did point it out that in Avengers, he said to um, Thor or something like the reason why they created the Avengers or something like that is because of because of when Thor showed up. Um, and someone's like, well, what's wrong with that? I was like, we have to remember, I, I still say because Nick um, Fury is a spy. He's not going to tell you the truth. I mean, they're going to tell you what you need to know. Right. And then what you need to know is all I'm going to tell you. Yeah. Because if y'all re- remember in Avengers, when um, Coulson died, um, they was using that thing. About, he always kept these cards, Captain America, um, Captain America. And that was his reason why he wanted to be a part of this. But that was a ruse. You know, that was a trick to get them to team up. And so I was like, well, that, I, I like, they're not going to ever tell you the truth. And if you, hell, Black Widow, for God's sake, she says it all the time, especially when a soldier, that they tell you what you need to know, what you need mm-hmm. to know. Because then, you know, in the beginning, he was like, in of that movie, Captain was like, you didn't tell me we were on this boat for this reason. She's like, nope that's your mission. This is my mission. And I'm like, Oh, so like, they're not going to ever tell the truth. So people don't get too caught up in that because again, spies never going to tell you everything until the last minute. So, but besides that, I just, Oh, this movie was really great. Can we talk about Annette Benning still acting her ass off? Like go ahead, little girl. 
Yes. I was like, okay, come on. But you know, it's funny because she was Marvell. And Marvell, if I was, I think he was, that was, it was a man, right? That was. Yeah. Initially, Marvell was a, a male. Yeah. So they flipped that around quick. Yeah. His, uh, his alias was Dr. Walter Larson. Yeah. Lawson. But I like that, that they flipped it around. Um, and she was great in that role, too. Um, gave us some action. I love that they have been, if you think about it, they've been reaching back and been bringing in some of the, you know, some of the very, you know, legacies, act- like these legendary actresses to play these roles. Like you got Michelle Pfeiffer, you got her. Um, you have, of course, you have Angela Bassett. You have all these people come, you know, the, who have, left a very strong staple in this game but they bring them into these movies Mm -hmm. so it makes me really excited to see what the next phase is going to be but um i love oh man there was a lot i really love about this movie like you know i was a little worried because you heard how people was like i don't know it was like a regular marvel movie but it didn't feel like a regular marvel movie to me it didn't feel like that I felt it was necessary, this movie was necessary to bring some kind of freshness into the Marvel Cinematic Universe because, I mean, we had had the Iron Man trilogies, Captain um, America trilogies, we had Thor trilogies, we've had the events from all the Avengers movies. So it was necessary to, at least in my opinion, bring something that was fresh, that actually connected all of the movies somehow together but was still relevant into the ongoing not to throw a pun but the end game of the end game you know what i mean yeah yeah i i felt that i i just it was so much into it so i really liked it was there anything that you like any cons you had anything that you was like ah i don't know about this cons um Let's see. If I had to do a a specific con, I was I was bummed that the scrolls weren't the enemies that I thought they were gonna be, but in a weird take, I enjoyed that the scrolls were not the enemy that I thought they was gonna be. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. That because um, first off, Ben uh, Mendelssohn he played the hell out of that uh, of Talos. Yeah, he w- he almost reminded me of what um, Ultron was trying to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I thought he was very good, and to have the scrolls actually be have that plot twist as far as the the Kree were trying to kill them off and they were just trying to escape, which, you know, it, it goes back to, it almost kind of reminds me of elements that was in Ragnarok. Yeah. As far as, um, Odin training Hela to be this whole type of killing machine. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, saying oh okay now you're too strong so you gotta go (laughs) it it reminded me of elements in that and i'm trying to 
figure it out because literally y'all I had just when, once we started recording I had just left the theater so I'm still trying to piece together everything and trying to form cohesive thoughts here <laughs> I mean I no, I, I see what you're saying I agree with that I agree that it was just those elements were very clear and I like that you know as I feel like it's part of the shift you know what I mean like it's a part of the shift now it's like had all guys now we're kind of moving into this different era of things uh, where we're going to see a lot more difference and a lot more things called out you know and I think sometimes they do that to call out kind of the old things about the comic world you know you think about how alpha male heavy it was um, or the reasonings behind like a, a woman can only do certain things you know it's all those things that was probably some of the stepping stones for it in the past, but now we are moving to a different phase. So I'm really excited to see what that is going to be like. Um, so what do you think of the, the the credit scenes? Okay, so I'll I'll start backwards and go forwards. Mm -hmm. The last one with Goose, I took I, I looked at my boyfriend. I was like, we waited all of this time to see a cat throw up or we could have did that shit at the house <laughs> so but it was cute now the other one i'm interested to see where that leads to in the story as far as which what where that uh scene is mm -hmm. because if it's it seems like it might be later on but then again i can see where it's like towards the beginning yeah and yeah. it made me very hyped for endgame <laughs> it did because i was like thinking it was because i was judging it by cap's beard because you, when we see endgame he he doesn't have it anymore so it's like right. when was this <clears throat> my goodness cap in a white t-shirt that, that white t-shirt that whole little Okay, that went a long way. We were all sitting there like, you know, I'm sitting there with a bunch of gay men. So we're just like, oh, Lord, like he's this, here he is in this beard and his white tee. Um, yep, his white tee. Yeah, I'm like, oh, Lord, you about to, okay. But it was, I loved how she just literally appeared. She was like right there. Once that thing cleared, she appeared, longer hair. You guys, Her suit has been changed. So that I didn't catch that. Yeah, if you take a look, her suit changed. She has different shoulder pads, hair is longer. Um, so some, you know, so she was out there in the galaxies. It makes me wonder what does she already know? Because she something had to she had to know something happened. Something had to spark somewhere out there, but you never know. I mean, 20 years. She's been gone that long. So right. I don't and know. Who did she meet out there? Yeah. And there's a lot. There's a lot out there. So I wonder how deep in the galaxies they're going to get into in the next phase. But it was good to see her in it. It was good to see all of them in it to see what this is going to be um, like. And I am hyped for, M for Endgame. Like it's going to be, it's going to be a lot. It's going to be a lot. So what did you think about the, I guess her former team of the Cree that was with uh, Jude Law, uh, Young Rock, Minerva, you know, what did you think about all of them 
in the actual plot twist. You know, I said this to, I might tweet this, and I said this last night <laughs> to the group. If y'all remember the secret of the sword, the He-Man and She-Ra story, it was She-Ra's story. I feel like I was looking at She-Ra's story because remember with She-Ra, she was a part of the Horde and she didn't realize she was evil. She was working on an evil team um, until they showed her like, you've been working with the wrong team for the long time. You know, they've been manipulating you. And that's somewhat the similar thing with that. Um, I like the, I liked her team. I don't think her team, it's interesting because that philosophy of who's doing what like you think, but I don't think either both teams wasn't evil. They were just trying to like, who deserves peace? Who deserves this part? Who deserves these things? And it's that battle of that overall. Like, yeah, that whole twist of the of the scrolls because the scrolls in the comics are not really they they do what they they do what they need is they do what they do out of necessity. I'll say that. Um, the Kree as well. Um, and the Kree and the Skrulls have always been battling for years. In fact, you see, if you read the very last um, comic in the Phoenix Saga, I think 134, there is a battle between Kree and the Skrulls. Like, it's like a short battle within that. So it's very interesting to see that part. I was like, wow, that her team is interesting. Um, but I found it very, like, interesting how they quickly would turn against her like they wasn't like hey i see where you're coming from they were like no we'll take we'll shoot it out if we have to shoot it down so I was right. like, well like they said war is a universal language yeah but i like the team i like them all it was really interesting i like to see more minerva i like to see Jew law you know it's really it, he surprised me a little bit I've always had a crush on Jude Law since Mr. Talented, uh, Talented Mr. Ripley. I, I, you know, I didn't until I, until we saw him at the Arclight. At, it is oh, funny. Girl, of course you've seen him at the Arclight. <laughs> no, I think I told y'all this story when we saw him. We saw him at uh, Infinity, Infinity War. When I went to see it for like the second or third time, he was there. And I remember he kept saying something like, it's going to be so great what comes next and i was like what's he talking about and then now it makes sense but after seeing him in person yeah i get it like he's he's taller than i thought he's mm-hmm. taller and so he's really cute he was actually really cute <laughs> with me. i was like oh look at you and his uh his context yeah <laughs> it was it was a good choice it was and good. jimba chin she could wear blue green <laughs> <laughs> purple, any kind of color, and she would still be gorgeous. Yeah, she was. I enjoy. I like. I enjoy that team. Like, I hope we don't see the. I hope we haven't seen the last of them. Well, Gemma's dead. Uh, Minerva's dead. But, but I. Well, hold on. She got shot down. I'll say that. Okay, but you know, but the black guy, not the not, not the Amistad black guy, but the other guy. It's <laughs> don't, don't do his name like that. <laughs> Digimon, uh, whatever his name. I know what you're talking about. I can't pronounce his name. That's why I didn't try. Um, <laughs> I should be better with that. I apologize, sir. You deserve better. Um, but the other guy, isn't that? I need to look it up. Is that um Cyborg? <laughs> Is that who? Is that the same actor for Cyborg? 
The other black guy. Oh like, no, Ray Parker. That that other guy. I don't think so. Okay, I'll have to look it up. But I could have. I was like, he looks like. I was like, don't tell me you doing both these movies. <laughs> but um, I like I said, I like the group. Um, but I want to see more Creed because you see, it's funny because if you watch um, Agents of Shield, they talk about the Creed a lot. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm like, okay, we need to really talk about the Creed then. So I need to go back and look at those episodes. But I actually enjoyed it. Now, what do you think of Goose? And <laughs> now, listen. I told the boyfriend. I said, "Let Goose die, and I'm burning this motherfucker to the ground, okay, to the did, goddamn ground." Why? Because did, when they had Goose by the neck, why did people in the audience was like, "Oh no!" I was like, I'm "I was gas. I was a gas too." <laughs> <laughs> I clutched my pearls for that. I, I love Goose. You remember sitting there, people like they had when they walked with him, with Goose, with they, uh, they was holding Goose up. They were like, <gasps> and I was like, I'm mad at y'all. I said, this is true. You know, white people love some pets more than they love humans. <laughs> I was like, wow, that is absolutely true. But when they said uh, threat level high, I was like, oh, so Goose is just not a cat. Goose is. Goose got some shit up his sleeve, and when he came out with those tentacles and whatnot, looking like that thing from uh, Deep Rising. Mm-hmm. I'm out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he did look like that thing from Deep Rising. That's true. I'm Max. I literally just watched it the other day out of boredom. Okay, now see, this is such a side note, but that I only enjoy like when the beast is killing everybody. Yeah. And homegirl gets sucked through that toilet. It's a, yeah, she gets sucked through the toilet. Yeah. I was like, ooh, white people on a boat. Ugh. That was, you know, that was an interesting movie. But, you know, but back on Goose, Goose. Um, no, I wasn't. I was just looked up the guy. It wasn't my boy. But anyway, it was, um, he's a finer man, though. <coughs> um, that was interesting because I had no idea I didn't know what I knew Goose was something. I just didn't know what, and they kept saying it's a for it, something like that. They said what it was, and I thought the scroll was just saying that because it's a cat. Because you know, aliens will look at things differently than what we will look at, and it was just funny that you know that thing has tentacles in it. But now it makes me wonder then what is really Goose, and how did Goose get where Goose got to? Like you know, like what is that all about? And right. But you no, know, it's it's interesting because it's opened up a whole new world of things to think about when it comes to that Marvel universe, and that's what I love about Marvel universe. This is so when you stop and think about like, okay, let's look at everything: Guardians of the Galaxy and Iron Man and Captain America and all that stuff. It's like such a big world that they have done really well connecting. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That I wish DC would do better with because DC has, you know, Atlantis and Themyscira and Krypton, and they're just so not. They were connected when they were fighting Stephen Wolf. <laughs> right, because um, wasn't it uh, when they did one of those flashbacks that you saw a Green Lantern? Yeah. So it's just like, it's there. Why don't y'all give a damn? And invest in your plan like it just seems like they don't want to do that 
General Walter. But I think we, you know, in all, we, I think we enjoy Captain Marvel. I think this was a strong movie. Um, I'm invested to see what else they're going to do with everything with this. Um, I don't know. Are we leaving anything else out about this movie? Because I, like I will have said, like, uh, so Monica. Monica Rambeau. Yeah, actually, it's about this. About both this that family, Rambos. I thought that Lashana Lynch did a really good job of portraying Maria Rambo. I thought I was very when um, <coughs> excuse me, when they uh, when she got to her house and Maria was telling her when she was basically crying that. It, this wasn't the hardest thing to do. The hardest thing was to, to do was to lose a friend six years ago. That was really emotional. Yeah. And did you, uh, did you also have those uh, glasses with the sunflowers on them when you were growing up? <laughs> no. Because <laughs> I had those same uh, glasses. The boyfriend had those same glasses. I'm like, okay, so y'all just went in my closet and just snatch some of these uh these glasses uh i i thought i was invested in her her whole story yeah and like you know like we were saying earlier they gave her so much agency they gave her so much in in, in the time that she was in it you know like she, and i like what she was saying that you were the person who believed in me when no one else did and believed in my family you know you were my family all that stuff and i was like wow because you think about like, you know, as a black woman and as how black woman has been since the beginning, you know, she had to be everything for her daughter, you know, and that's what, right. and I, and it made me emotional when I was thinking about like, you know, my mom was a single mom for a while. And so that's why it, it hit me. Like, you know, she did everything she could for Monica, making sure Monica is a, a well-rounded young girl. And, you know, Monica's already, we already saw that she's going to be super smart and all this stuff because she was like, do, and also the neat thing about Maria jumping back on Maria was like, when they were like breaking down, like how the, that whole system and when uh, Maria said it's basic, you know, science or something like that. She said basic physics, Mm -hmm. like, Oh, and it was like, and he looked at his scientists, like you supposed to, you didn't even know. It, It just really, it was just nice to see the fact that she has a strong mother who is super smart. You know, Monica was already super smart. And I, I will say I teared up when um, Captain Marvel flew off and Monica ran out to watch her fly off. Right. Maybe think about like, you're going, that's you. You're going to be doing that next. You're going right. Cause, cause she's, they said that she's 11 in that, uh, in the movie. Mm-hmm. So, Carol has been going for 20 years. So she's already old enough when she comes back to be a hero, a superhero. And what she already, Monica has been a Captain Marvel too. She's been called Photon. She's been called a lot of other names. Mm -hmm. And she's been head of the Avengers. Mm -hmm. So we could have a, another black superhero in the MCU. And you never know. She could be in any game. Yep. You just don't even know. I like, like 
there's so much mystery around Endgame. Like I've been told um, from this is rumors, but from people who are over there um, that they're keeping so much. They said there's a lot that we just do not know right now. So the trailer only gave you a piece, and I, I think back when they gave us the Infinity War trailer and how we it lied to us. You know when that part that was running in the jungle, they were never running in the jungle. You know all that stuff. They we don't know. There's a lot we don't know. So I am. Um, they said the toys. Listen to the toys that are coming out. Some of the toys. Um, in fact, there is um, a Captain Marvel. You can see it online. The toy for that for um, Endgame, where she has the new costume. So I, who knows? Monica could make an appearance there, and then maybe in Captain Marvel two, she gets that. But you know. How, I'm just fascinated with what they're going to do with her. Right. I did tear up a little bit just when she was watching her fly off. Just because I was like, wow, that's, that was amazing. Because the possibilities are endless. Yeah, it is. And we all know what's coming up next. I mean, I think they wouldn't go all this way to even have Monica. They could have had, like, Monica, like, in the background. Like, there she is. Or there's a picture. But the fact mm-hmm. that she was so prominent in these, in these parts, it made you realize that she is going to be um, she's gonna really be something big in in the next phase. I believe. I really think. I want. I really want to know, or some kind, something to allude to the next big bad guy, because Far From Home is supposed to be the start of the next phase. So what is exactly if you have already have Thanos, mm-hmm. who else is there? You know, like what it could be, Doctor Doom? Well not Doctor Doom. Is it Doctor Doom? Well Doctor Doom is he's as powerful. Well he can be as powerful. He can be when he manipulates when he does certain things. Or Galactus or Yeah, Galactus is yeah. Or I don't I don't know if they're gonna bring in the X Men so soon, but it's just like the possibilities, like I said, are endless as to how they could go this way of introducing new characters, new storylines for us to be invested in. Yeah. Well, remember we got if they do bring in X Men, we're gonna have. I think they may focus on Sinister because they did not do Sinister at all in the 20 years of those days. They alluded to him. They alluded that they were going to do Sinister and then they just backed off. Yeah. By the Hell, they, I thought they even had an actor. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And we had talked about it. Yeah. So it makes me, no, I don't think they was like, we have to back off now because Marvel's coming. But I think Marvel will probably be like, so, because I feel like if I was in that room, I would probably be the person to be like, okay, so we're not, Magneto, mm, maybe not. Maybe not for a while. Because I think they have used him when they didn't have to use him at all. But they could really focus on Sinister. They could focus on the Hellfire Club. They can focus on Proter, um, Proterus. I'm saying this name wrong. But Mor- Proteus. 
Proteus, yeah. There's so many other people they can focus on that really gave a lot of story to the X-Men, um, especially with Sinister. Because Sinister did a lot of things. Sinister did a lot of things. Sinister, he was a badass. Sinister is the reason why we, one of the reasons why we have Cable played a role in it. Because mm-hmm. he was the one who got, he made Madeline Pryor, who is the clone of Jean Grey, to have the baby, who is Nathan, who got kidnapped, go in time to become Cable. So it's yep. like, <laughs> like, yeah, and then Apocalypse too. So they could, to me, I'm like, Sinister is the one to use because Sinister, to know his history, and maybe uh, maybe we'll do a thread of Sinister's history. Sinister is a protege of Apocalypse. And so everything that Sinister has been around since the 1800s. So that's why it's like what Sinister does um, has been around for centuries almost. So that's... Wow. It's, I hope they really choose a very interesting person to believe in. Because, yeah, you're right. Who will be the, the villain to the next one? So it could be Doom. It could be Sinister. Um, they have could that- you imagine an uh, Age of Apocalypse storyline on in the movies? Oh, Lord. That would be so interesting. But I, I kind of wonder sometimes... Um, I wonder if they if they will ever kind of get their animation the animation animation um office together because that's where they can really push a lot of that the same way DC has done like different storylines like to do that like to do the Phoenix Saga or to do you know Age of Apocalypse like that type of stuff will be so neat to see. Uh huh. No, I don't. Oh, this is now didn't um. And Doctor Strange, uh, Dormammu, was featured, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I want to say he was. So, I mean, if they're going to go this mysticism route, he could come back. He can come back. They can use the Enchantress um, because of Thor and everything else. They really have never really used her, and she's a very good character to use. Um. Wow, there's so many they can bring. They can bring in Toph Amon. And that is, um, there's a great story. It's a two-episode, two-book story between the Avengers and X-Men where they got thrown in a different, in Conan's time. And that wizard was somebody who was trying to take over the world. And that would be neat to bring in people like that. They kind of obscure characters of Marvel, but they have, they made a big impact. Or even Morgan Le Fay. Morgan Le Fay in the Marvel Universe is... Bitch, I was about to say that. (laughs) (laughs) Bring in Morgan Le Fay because that bitch, she, and one of the, the, and when the Avengers came back in the early 2000s, she flipped the script and took them back into medieval times. Uh, She's also been involved with Spider-Woman. She's done a lot of different things throughout that time. She's also been a part of Darkhold. And Darkhold is that book they even talked, they did a lot with um, Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D. So if they wanted to bring her in, they can bring in, you know, her. We said Doom already. Kang could come into play because he's something Mm -hmm. with him. It's interesting that uh, going back to Morgan Le Fay, she's also featured in D.C. Mm -hmm. 
a lot with um oh gosh what is his name uh the dude that changes into a beast oh yeah the demon like demon oh uh, god what is his name demon i, I thought it was something he, else yeah, no he I mean, he's his beast name is demon but i know you're talking about he's like blood is, something blood yeah and he always has to do like a little rhyme or whatever the shit that is irritating but but yeah um i would love to see a Morgan Le Fay, a badass Morgan Le Fay. Yeah, because she she was no joke. Her and Scarlet Witch battled um, at some part. But yeah, Morgan Le Fay and that, the way she even looks is interesting. But yeah, Morgan Le Fay will be neat to see. And I would like to see the Sentinel. Well, I know this is on whenever the X-Men are introduced, the Sentinels again. Um, I do like as much as I give the X-Men movies shit, and rightfully so, the Sentinels on Days of Future Past were actually scary and intimidating. Yep. They were. And I like how they did that whole they used Mystique's blood to or her DNA to morph these Sentinels that could adapt. And they weren't stupid, you know, like in the comics or in the cartoon, at least. They were like these idiots, but yeah. Yeah. And you know what? Speaking of Morgan Le Fay, she could be back because in the Marvel cartoons that are on Disney, she's been featured in those. Interesting. So yes, Miss Le Fay can come on in. We might put a post of Miss Le Fay because she is... I have always loved the character since I was a kid. I remember when I first saw her picture, I was like, uh, who is this? So, in fact, up oh, look at us. In Marvel's Avengers, the cartoon, she has been a, return, a recurring villain. Let's see. Why are, we, why are we playing? Why are we playing? <laughs> yeah, she's been in there a few times. So, yes, that could be somebody come out of... She can come out of anywhere because we have the Asgardians. She can be somewhere around it because she's not a god. She's just a very powerful sorceress. Mm-hmm. Actually, oh, you know, going down this path, the very first Doctor Strange movie that was made in the late 70s, guess who his villain was? Morgan Morgan Lafay. Bitch, we have already, we have predicted. We are basically we look what we done. And I know for a fact Hella is coming back. I I I did not see a body. I didn't see her dead. Hella is coming back. She gonna and be- y'all just gonna have to deal. She gonna be mad too. Cause she gonna be like, bitches, y'all thought. Right. I'm coming for everything. Everybody. In fact, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if she, if she shows up in Endgame. I'll be hurt. And be like, Thanos, who are you? Right. Get that purple motherfucker up off here. <laughs> when she threw that glove aside, when she was like, fake. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow. But we, it's, wow. Yes, we kind of went off topic, but it's just a lot to think about when it comes to the next phase. And Morgan, ooh. She's always, she's always been a thorn in their side. So to see that she may be back could be really, 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 really fun. 
Um, but there's a lot of characters to come. Actually, uh-oh. <laughs> there is talk that in the next Doctor Strange, an actress named Amy Lack- Landecker could be either Clee or Morgan Le Fay. Yeah, what, what have we done today? We saw a new call on Morgan Le Fay, and we uh, just a simple look, we see how she's really been a part of this universe. Um, but anyway. Back to Captain Marvel. We loved it. Yes. We think you should go see it. Mm-hmm. And if anything, to get you set up for Endgame. Yeah. Yes. You should. Oh, Lord. Well, anything else we should say? Nothing aside from the fact that you can look us up on Twitter at MegastreamPod. I'm at Porter Pizzazz. Victor's at Wonderman5. You can like, rate, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. We're on Instagram at MegastreamPod, Facebook at MegastreamPod. Um, <clears throat> oh, excuse me. Oh, I need some water. Uh, the website, I might have to do some tweaks to the website. It's not looking like I wanted to, and we'll have to discuss that. Uh, Yeah, that's all I got. And I just want us to enjoy and have a good time and go see Captain Marvel and seeing it again um, this week. Um, And, yeah, that's it. That's all I got this week as well. So with that said, y'all be safe. Stay at a, a grown folks business. And we'll see y'all later.